Hi, you're listening to Valiant Voices Podcast, and I am your host, Annette Johnson, the Fly Coach. My guests are life lifters, success sowers, and positivity pushers, and we have conversations on topics that are intended to inspire listeners to live life by design. So grab your favorite drink, a pad and pen, and I hope you enjoy the next episode. So I've been looking forward to today's podcast conversation, and I can't wait to just jump right in and talk about this beautiful young lady that I've had the privilege of knowing since she was a little girl. Nafisa Allen graduated cum laude from Bernard College at Columbia, where she completed her Master's of International Affairs. Her specializations include Latin American languages and literature, as well as race and social policy. She was also granted an Institute of Latin American Studies Fellowship to pursue research on cultural and political representation of Brazil's African diaspora in the late 20th century. She completed a postgraduate diploma in folklore and cultural studies at Indira Gandhi National Open University in New Delhi, India. She received um, also from the same institution a medal for academic performance for ethnographic theses on women of the Indian diaspora. She is currently a PhD candidate at the University of Wits in Johannesburg. She's a writer, she is a mom, she is a wife, she is a native of Newark, New Jersey, and has literally lived all over the world. And I can't wait to have this conversation. So please welcome Nafisa Allen. Hello, thank you so much for having me. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me all the way from Johannesburg. I know you have a full plate and you're busy, um, but I just thought it would be so important for you to share a little bit about your journey with listeners, especially young women who are, you know, exploring their career paths and, you know, just trying to figure out, you know, where do I want to be in the world? What do I want to do? How do I want to use my skills, my education? And you have such an amazing background. And I thought that, you know, you as a valiant voice is definitely um, going to be helpful to young women who are, who are, you know, navigating their journey. So why don't we start with you talking a little bit about what influenced your decision in terms of your career and, and your journey so far? Well, first, let me thank you, because it is such an honor to be able to talk with so many, you know, women, and I'm sure also men um, who are tuned into your podcast, um, and to share a little bit about myself and kind of my own career journey. Um, I'm not really sure what got me here, to be honest. Um, I'm not sure that that's the answer you want to hear, but I think it's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> I always have been, you know, very supported by, you know, people like you and, you know, a few of my family and family friends. I feel like I've always sort of grown up with a very strong network of positive professionals, educated folks in my life who just always ex- expected that I would do great things. And I, I feel like that's a bit of um, the charge that, I was born into and have felt, um, you know, a strong legacy of, of having to, to deliver mm-hmm. uh, because I have many people in my life who, you know, who've done amazing things themselves. Um, in terms of traveling around the world, which I think is probably the fascinating part that most people want to know, mm-hmm. um, I've always just had a penchant for traveling. I've just always enjoyed 
um, being out and about and learning new cultures. I've never really been afraid of that. I know some people are often um, intimidated by leaving home or mm-hmm. by leaving their state or their city. Mm-hmm. And I've never had that fear. And um, I've always been supported by my family to kind of just explore that. You know, I'm sure little by little high school, I went to um, school in Massachusetts. And then after that kind of inched out to Europe for a year and then went farther and farther and farther now to um, South Africa. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just been it's just been a journey. I don't I don't know. (laughs) So what, what has this journey taught you? What would you say? Um, you're still you're still young, but what have you, what would you say that you know this journey has taught you so far about maybe you as a woman or just life in general? Sure. Um, I mean, I guess it's important to say that you know, in addition to all of the things that you that you named about um, sort of my academic career, um, I do have a day job, and the day job is working with um, the Department of State as a Foreign Service Officer, which is, uh, for most people, as a diplomat. That's kind of in layman's terms. Um, And that career, I think, is one that has opened up many possibilities for my academic career Mm -hmm. and and my personal life as well. I met my husband while I was on assignment in India. And so I think one of the biggest lessons that I've learned so far, um, especially as we're kind of in a side hustle, um, you know, kind of like entrepreneur kind of world mm-hmm. um, is that, you know, you can make, you can kind of make your day job your side hustle, or you can, you know, you can kind of make your day job something that facilitates other things that are happening in your life. You know, it doesn't have to be something that um, becomes so all consuming that you don't get to do other activities like study, you know, degrees that you want to study abroad or, you mm-hmm. know, get into activities that you want to, or have a social life or have, you know, um, have a personal life. Right. I think that balance is something that I've had to learn, but I have learned it over a number of these um, transitions that you can do it. And, and um, you know, it's something you just have to be dedicated to. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know we've had this, this conversation. I'm one of those people that used to be a little fearful about mm-hmm. um, leaving home, so to speak, although I've never really lived away from home. But I opened myself up to travel, and it was one of the best things I ever did for myself. I learned so much, and it really helped me to evolve in the sense that, you know, overcoming that fear helped me to overcome other fears. Right. You know, right. so I, I always had this fear of flying. <laughs> um, really? And, yeah. And, and so how I wound up in a position where I flew like 60,000 miles in like a year and a half is beyond me. Uh, but I think <laughs> once you open yourself up like that, that's that's what life does. It kind of meets you where you are. Right. It's like, oh, yeah. you want to overcome the fear of flying? Well, here, I'm going to move you into this job. <laughs> and right. You- that makes you meet that challenge. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's so amazing. you um, introduced me to Mozambique. Yes. And it was one of the best um travel experiences of my life and can you just talk a little bit about maybe the person who really has a lot of reservations about you know going abroad or just not to live even but just to travel I think travel is so important and what it did for my life I think it should do for everyone's life because Mm -hmm. the world is smaller than we think but bigger than where we we spend you know the bulk bulk of our lives so can you talk a little bit about you know, how does the how has the experience affected you 
just personally, like, you know, how has it, how has it evolved you? What effect have it, has it had on you? And why do you think, I know I'm giving you like these layered questions, but why do sure. you think it's such an important part of life experience? Yeah, that's a rich question. Um, I think one of the first things that I sort of learned about travel is that it's often more affordable and more accessible than people think. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there was a time when I think I was in college and, you know, I had friends like, oh my gosh, I can't afford to go to the places you go. You know, I don't have that kind of money. And I'd look in their closet and between like the Jordans and the <laughs> you know, high-end shoes, I was like, right there, that's a trip. That's a whole trip. <laughs> um, so I think it's how you prioritize, you know, both your time and your money, you know, to make sure that those sorts of opportunities are ones that, you know, maybe you can't put them in a closet or you can't pull them out every, you know, I don't know, every month and see them, but they're experiences that live with you that you will always draw upon. So I think it's something that you have to see the value of beyond the tangible mm-hmm. and and just kind of know that um, those experiences will be rich for you for the rest of your life, perhaps yeah. more so than some of the material things that you could buy with that same amount of money. Right. Um, and for me, I think... You know, I always said in college, if somebody offers me a job to just be a janitor in airports all over the world, I'll take it because <laughs> all I want to do is just see what is out there. You know, I want to be sort of part of something bigger than myself and just right. not feel like I always have to be in control of everything, not always feel like I've got to know where I am. I think there's a false sense of security and in, in feeling like you're safe at home. Um, you know, coming from Newark, you know, people tell me all the time, oh, you know, where are you going? You know, be careful over there. I'm like, be careful at home. (laughs) Be careful where you are at 10 o'clock at night. Um, Because there are many places in the world that are, you know, frankly, safer and perhaps offer, you know, different opportunities that we don't really, you know, we have never even thought of. So I think for me, it's just kind of reevaluating as well what you consider safe. You know, what, what, what are you clinging to at home? Right. Maybe it's, you know, making sure you talk to your family every day. You can do that now, you know, with technology, you can call your family, you can see them on FaceTime, you can call Mm -hmm. them on WhatsApp. It's free. So, (laughs) you know, you can continue to do those things. Nobody's asking you to change, you know, everything about yourself, but perhaps those things that you're clinging to are still things that you can maintain when you're abroad. Um, And I guess for me, the ways that it's really changed, it's changed me quite a bit. I mean, I started traveling um, outside of the U.S. My first trip, I went to Spain Uh and and I was actually, I shouldn't say that. My parents did take me to Canada once. So that probably happened, I don't know, maybe 12 or so. Uh Um, But the first trip that I took alone, I went to Spain and I did one of my high school years there. Uh And I was 15 going on 16. So I turned 16 there. And I think one of the things that really just taught me, number one, is sort of my nationality. In America, we kind of grow up being, you know, hyphenated Americans. You know, you are African-American or Latino-American or Irish-American or whatever. Um, And those divisions are real to us inside America. But then when you go outside and people are like, so tell me what Americans do. Mm -hmm. You know, you're like, I don't know. (laughs) know. I can only really tell you what my little sliver of the world does. But I do think it gives you. Um, a perspective on how people view us from the outside mm-hmm. um, and the ways in which we are sort of projected or are talked about. You know, lots of people didn't know anything about 
um, you know, sort of African-American food, right? They're like, you guys eat hot dogs and hamburgers. And I'm like, no, I eat macaroni and cheese and you know, fried chicken. Um, and they're like, what's that? So, you know, it's an educating time. You get to learn quite a bit about other people. They get to learn a lot about you and a lot about America. And I think for me as an African-American woman traveling, um, it's been an education to many people that, you know, I'm both a diplomat, you know, and an academic and, you know, private person. And in many ways, the things that I share with them about, my experience in America is very different than what they would hear from your average American tourist um, who they have in mind, who they assume is, you know, a middle-aged white guy traveling on business. Um, it's right. a very different traveler than me. And so, um, you know, I think it's just educated me to what those projections are and then also allowed me to be a teacher in a way. And I've really appreciated that. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And, you know, I learned um, this at a, at a little bit of a later age, but, you know, I believe that all things happen when, they, when they're supposed to happen. So really not late. But, you know, the travel that I've done, I mean, it started, it was business, but mm -hmm. I was always able to take a piece of time while away on business to learn where I was, you right. know, the country that I was visiting and do some sites and just educate. I used it as an educational experience, really, because... Mm -hmm. My family, I mean, I have family members who've never left, it's going to sound strange, the state that they live in. Yeah. Like it doesn't sound strange. It sounds like many people in my family as well. <laughs> born and raised and have never, I mean, maybe a train ride to another town or, or, or city, you know, but, but never left the state. So for me, it just felt a little abnormal. Mm -hmm. And I know we're talking about travel, but the whole purpose of this conversation is really to help people move outside their comfort zone and to inspire people to do something different, to do something mm -hmm. that they've never done before. Because life moves so quickly. Time doesn't wait for anybody. Mm -hmm. And if you have a thought, if you have a vision or a dream that you've never acted upon, now's the time. Right. You know, that's what I hope to do with these conversations um, on the podcast is to really, you know, inspire people to do something that they've never done before. And, and I hope that there's something said in these conversations that will change their life forever, because that's what happened to me. I, I had conversations. I had invitations that opened up my world and my life in a way that if you had asked me at 15 or 16 or even 21, mm -hmm. um, I would have said, no, no, that's probably not possible. Right. So um, when I thought about inviting you on to have this conversation, I mean, for me, you epitomize the phrase of live life by design. You know, um, we, we hear it a lot. Um, it might be cliche now because it's just used so often. But for me, getting underneath that means really being intentional about how you spend your time and how you live your life. And so I look at you as a role model in that respect. And I know I'm old enough to be your mom, but you've inspired me. <laughs> You've inspired me in so many ways to challenge myself in that regard. Like, am I really living life by design? If, if travel is a passion of mine, if exploring the world is a passion of mine, I have to be able to get on a plane and fly. Right, right. <laughs> I, I can't go to, I can't go to Japan. I can't go to Japan. You can't walk. You certainly can't trip. walk there. Exactly. Exactly. So I really use that to open myself up and challenge myself with all of my limitations, limited thinking um, and fears. So what would you, I know you've heard this question before, but what would you tell your 21 year old self today? Wow. Um, you know, to be honest, I think I would just be like, go girl. <laughs> <laughs> you did I, that. <laughs> yeah. You know, to be honest, 
honest, I'm, I think some of what you, what you brought up um, is really interesting because I think one of the things that has been really different about me in general is that I don't feel the need to be in control of everything. You know, mm -hmm. I don't feel the need to know everything before I make a decision. I mm -hmm. kind of forgive myself um, in advance because I know I'm going to make mistakes, but I'm just going to go with my gut and pray that the process works itself out. And uh, maybe that's an issue of faith, you know, maybe that's sort of my grounding in, in God and my grounding mm -hmm. in just the belief of that the world will take care of me if I'm a good person. Um, but I, I, love I, that. Think, I love that. I feel like, you know, if you come into things positively and with the best of intentions and you govern yourself that way and, and treat people right, many times things will work out for you. And mm -hmm. I think, um, I've learned to expand my comfort zone by just being good to people and when allowing people to be good back to me. Mm -hmm. um, I think as you travel, you'll see all the travel mercies, right? Like if you ever traveled, you know, longer than 10 hour flight, you know that you're praying that this, you know, um, the person at the ticket counter isn't mad that day and you're praying mm -hmm. that you get a ticket, you know, you get a, a window seat if that's what you want and you're praying that they have your meal and, you know, the entire time is around like things that are beyond your control and you right. learn to let go of little stuff and, you know, you learn to ask directions, you learn to be humble, um, you don't speak the language and you try to learn a word or two, you know, all of those things I think are things that I've learned um, are okay. And I right. think for many people who are used to living in their comfort zone or staying in a place where they've never been challenged by an environment mm -hmm. that's unfamiliar to them, they, you know, tend to shrink up in those spaces. Yes. Um, and in fact, I actually tend to expand. I'm like, well, tell me something, teach me something I didn't know. You know, I would have learned something new. I'm, I'm very open to that. And I think that's one of the things I would really push people to reconsider is, you know, take your ego out of it a little bit and just... Mm -hmm be able to be educated in the experiences that you're in. And I think the world will, will open your eyes, you know, and you have to just be open to that. Um, and I think my 21 year old self was out there making all sorts of mistakes. You know, she was, she was living her best life. You know, I was in New York, <laughs> I was in New York, I was working, I was in graduate school. Um, and in many ways, I think through all of the, the things that I experienced during that time, um, I just learned to not take myself so seriously. You know, I just learned that it's okay to mess up. I learned that it's okay to, you know, choose something and then change your mind. Like the world's not going to fall apart. You don't always have to be right. And yes. I think some of those lessons at 21 are really what have made me um, professionally, you know, a, a person who's able to adapt um, and also personally someone who can travel around the world and be that flexible because I just, I respect the fact that I'm not going to have all the information that I want to have to make, you know, the best decision. We never do. Um, we never, you know, if I knew what was going to happen in five years from now, then everything today would be a cakewalk. Right. But yeah, we don't yes. have all the information. So you have to be able to trust your own judgment and to walk out on faith and, you know, positivity and trust that you have the skills to do whatever it is you want to do. And if it doesn't work out, you know, you can always come home. Home is always there. Yes. Um, and it's never going to leave you. It's never going to abandon you. So you always have that as a backup option, but you should always feel free to take a chance on yourself. And I think that's something I learned at 21 and was taking a whole lot of chances. <laughs> and um, <laughs> thankfully they all worked out. Wow. That was, I mean, there, there was so much packed into that statement. Um, 
and it, it's true. I'm in that space now at 58. You know, my world is a little upside down right now, but I just decided, you know what? I'm going to do something I never did before, and I'm just going to trust the process. And, and I started making moves and decisions and walking out of spaces and into spaces. And I'm telling you, it's a little nerve-wracking because, little, you know, yeah. I'm my comfort zone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm used to having every I dotted and every T crossed. But I'm doing a little bit of a free fall right now, and it is exhilarating and exciting, and I can't wait, wait to see how all the pieces kind of fit together. And it's um, exciting. I, I can imagine just realizing that, th- you know, things are not falling apart. They might not be in the exact order that you want them to be in, and they yeah. may not be exactly how you want them to look, but, you know, you're waking up every morning, and you're healthy, and you're happy, and your family's okay. And I think sometimes yeah. you just have to remind yourself that, you know, sometimes the blessings that we ask for turn out to be very messy. <laughs> they look they look very messy when you get them. <laughs> they're not how you expected them to look. Yes. Um, but they are what you ask for and they're what you deserve. And, you know, you just have to kind of trust that, it. you know, it will it will look orderly at some point. But it, it's. <laughs> It's Listen, what you, that's a, it's what you need. That's a tweetable moment. Bless, bless, a messy blessing. Yeah, you know, I have a, one of my best friends from college. I mean, from high school. We have this saying: you cannot complain about the blessings you ask for. You right. can't. You know, like you, you know, you said you wanted this job, but now the job is more complicated than it sounded. Okay, but that's what you asked for. You know, exactly. it's not always exactly. going to look how you want it to, but um, surely there's something in there for you, and there's a lesson that you gotta you gotta learn. So, yeah. you, know, you got to yes. Is there anything that you would do differently now, knowing what you know and the experiences that you've, that you've had? Maybe worry less. Mm. Um, yeah, I think, I think, you know, a lot of people, a lot of young women in particular tend to seek validation before they make decisions. I don't think this is a, maybe this is something I'm picking up as part of a sort of a women's college and also mm-hmm. sort of a cohort of professional women that we often seek validation for some of the tough decisions that we have to make in life. But we know we kind of have this, you know, women's intuition that we know what we want to do. We just yeah. want to make someone, make sure someone else kind of co-signs on that thought. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think, um, it's taken me a while to go, I don't need anybody else's validation. I know what I want to do. I'm going to go ahead and do it. And if it doesn't turn out right, I will turn back and apologize later. But, you know, it's okay to make decisions for yourself by yourself. And that is just something you, you know, as an adult and perhaps as a mom now, um, I'm seeing it even more so that, you know, something's in the back of your head telling you turn left instead of turning right. You have to trust your gut. You know, your gut's been with you your whole life, you know, so trust it and Mm -hmm. let it lead you to where it's, you know, where it's trying to take you. And maybe it seems like it's not the right way, but ultimately there's something that you needed to learn. So Mm -hmm. I just, yeah, for me, I just would have worried less. Um, Just a lot of I don't know, just like mental exhaustion over, did I do the right thing or am I doing the right thing or talking to people and asking them if it's okay to do things I know I'm going to do anyway. I think <laughs> I really, I probably would have, yeah, given up a bit of that. I can so relate to that. I spent a huge portion of my life seeking external validation. Um, I don't know where it came from. I don't know why I had that, but I got over it. Yeah. Thank God. 
And I love being on the other side of that now because I think two things that you I'm going to sum up what you what you said in 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 two words. One is intuition, trusting your God given intuition and your gut. And I I wish I had done more of that, but I practice following my intuition all the time now, right. and trusting that gut instinct. Like you said, when you're when you're going right and everything you think is right about going right, and then you you get this big warning sign that says Mm-mm, slow down, go left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the self-validation piece, when you get to that point, maybe it's a 50s thing. I don't know. Turning 50. Mm -hmm. But when you get to that point where you are comfortable and confident validating your own vision and dreams and and the things that you want to do. Oh, my goodness. It's freedom. (laughs) Freedom. And you talk about you want to take the limits off. Practice self-validation and and following your intuition. That Mm -hmm. that's I think that's a great recipe for, for taking the limits off. Yeah, I think one of the things that um, I've always kind of realized or have, I mean, maybe this is the 30s thing, I don't know, (laughs) is um, we do a lot of, at least as women, I believe, we do a lot of conversations to create community, you know, Mm -hmm. and sometimes those conversations are kind of built in negativity around like, oh, you know, I don't know what I want to do and you, you know, tell me what you think and all of this kind of stuff, which is fine to share ideas and fine to share thoughts. But I, I think over the course of the last few years, I've tried to create my community around sort of like positive celebrations instead of, you know, worry and problems and questions. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really transformed my group of friends that, you know, when we call each other, we're not like, oh, girl, let me tell you what went wrong today. Instead, right. it's like, let me tell you what happened today. Like, I was able to do this and I was able to do that. And kind of just building our relationships and positivity. I feel like it's just been so liberating to promote each other and to encourage each other and not feel like, you know, our community is sort of built on trauma or drama. Instead, it's really built on um lifting each other up and that's just been really you know mind-blowing and kind of life-changing frankly for my group of friends that um is a powerful call to action at the end of each podcast conversation i look for some call to actions and i think you just said three very powerful um, things that we as women can do and one is the intuition. Follow your gut. You 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 know that voice that speaks to you, and it's not going to lead you in the wrong direction. The self validation piece, you know, being comfortable and confident and 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 validating yourself, versus you know turning that over to uh, to others. And then this last one, really powerful, the positive celebration. I mean, we all have our group of friends and we all have our, our, our networks and our communities, but how are we showing up in those communities? Are we celebrating the positive things that are happening in our lives and you know how we're overcoming challenges or are we commiserating, right? Are we spending right. that time focusing on the negative things? Because what you feed is what's going to feed you. Agreed. And- yeah, so I think that positive celebrations piece is really, really powerful. And that happens at all ages, you know, not just, you know, 20s and 30s. I mean, in my 50s, I'm reevaluating my circle and how we spend our time and are we building each other up? Are we promoting each other? So I think that's that's very powerful. Any closing thoughts or words you want to share with, with uh, those who are going to listen to this podcast? Um, not, not really. I feel like we've covered so much. I just want to thank you so much again for 
given me the opportunity to reach out to your audience and to be able to, you know, converse with them in this way. Cause I think um, for me, podcasts have just been really transformational. I've listened to them all day long at work and on my morning commute in so many ways. I've learned so much from ordinary people perhaps that I never would have been in touch with if it wasn't for people like you hosting podcasts like this one, right. To kind of bring ordinary stories into um, everyday, everyday people's lives. So I just really thank you for the platform and um, really just want to, to just um, celebrate you and celebrate what you're trying to do here. Cause I think, you know, you could, you could bottle all of these thoughts to yourself and, and keep all this wisdom to yourself, but you're choosing not to do that. And I think that's a great service to me and to the other people who are listening to your podcast. Thank you so much, Nafisa. Um, you know, I am one of your biggest fans. I can't say biggest because you got some big fans <laughs> out there, but one of your biggest fans. And I wish you well on your journey. And I look forward to connecting with you in Johannesburg. Likewise, we can't wait to see you out here. <laughs> Hugs and kisses to the family, and we'll talk soon. Thank you. All Take right, care. thank you. Bye-bye. I hope you heard something from today's episode that will change your life forever. As you think about how you can live your life more intentionally, here are a few things for you to ponder. What can you do that you've never done before? So how do you move out of your comfort zone? What can you do better or more of? How do you leverage what you're good at? And what can you stop doing that doesn't serve you well or that holds you back? That's your call to action work. Until the next episode, be a valiant voice. Someone needs to hear from you. So share your story.